is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. No Wolf or Starks today. They've gone Hollywood. They couldn't pull themselves away from the Los Angeles weather, the palm trees, the beach. Couldn't leave. So, so I mean, they said, Colin Offerman, Colin Wreck. Those two idiots have nothing better to do with their time, especially being up till three in the morning working the game last night. Get them in here for us. Sit them in the locker room now. Obviously kidding. Wolf and Starks both trying to get their way back from across the country. You know how tough it can be to fly, especially during this time of the year. So we were happy to jump into the locker room this morning. Lots of great action on the Week 11 NFL docket. Jacob, what was the most shocking result to you? Was it the Bills so just getting yeah, dog-walked by the Colts, or was it the Texans beating the Titans? It's one of those two, and I'm going to go with the Titans losing to the Texans. Me too, because the Colts are at least a decent team. The Colts are, what, 5-5, five and five, I believe? Yeah. I mean, they're they're active right now in the playoff hunt. They're 6-5. Oh, they're, they're wow. Th- Over 500. 6-5 and five on a three-game winning streak, and now with that Buffalo Bills win, they look like a legitimate NFL team that can make a playoff push. Here's where I'll stop you, though. Okay. I do get what you're saying because that's a big statement win. How many of these statement wins are going to come against the Bills until we say maybe the Bills aren't that good of a football team? Good point. You know what I mean? The Bills now. Everybody keeps getting these statement wins over Buffalo, and then it comes to the point where you scratch your head and go, why are the Titans blowing the Bills out so much? Why do the Colts walk walk all over the Bills? Like, The Bills are only a half game ahead of the Colts. So however you don't want to take seriously the Colts, you have to say the same for the Bills. Right. they are six and four compared to the Indianapolis is six and five. And they're both moving in opposite directions. And guess what, Tom? Buffalo is in second place in the AFC East. For the first they're, time since twenty nineteen. They are not even leading their division. The New England it Patriots. New England are back Patriots. In first. And guess what? They still have to play each other two more times. Two more times. One of them under the lights on Monday night football. I I mean, I'll be glued to the TV for that one. But I get what you're saying, and maybe also to your point, furthermore. We've seen a crazy loss by a really good team versus a really bad team almost every week, it feels like. And let's not forget, the Titans now have three losses on the season. Their most recent loss before that six-game winning streak they just went through was against the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. So we've seen them put up duds against bad teams. So maybe that shouldn't be as unexpected. The The only thing is that Houston got its first win since week one. The Titans have lost to the Cardinals, who is the best team in football record-wise right now. And that was week one. Yeah. Chalk it up to, we didn't know what we were going into. No one knew what we were facing with the Cardinals. So record-wise, one of their losses is versus the best team in football. Mm -hmm. And another one of their losses is to the second and third worst teams in football, right behind the Lions in my mind. The Texans and the Jets. Those two teams, the Texans and the Jets, combined for only two more wins outside of their wins against Tennessee. It's insane. I don't get what the deal is there. And I was just saying last week that we're trying to parse our way through this this conference, this league as a whole, and say who are really the good teams. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to say Tennessee. They lose Derrick Henry. They win two straight games since he goes down. They've won six straight games since that bad loss to the Jets. Mike Vrabel's the kind of coach that's going to avoid these pitfalls that all these other AFC teams are falling into. And then literally less than 48 hours later from me saying that on our Friday episode of the standard, they fall flat on their face against the Houston Texans, who I got to say is a better team when Tarod Taylor plays, right? Like, 
Absolutely. If he's healthy and starting, they probably win four or five games this year. Am I am I far fetched to say that? I would have to go back and look at who they've played, but their two wins won, are with him as the start. If they if they have two with him, uh, when he's been available, they can easily get one or two more to climb up. Right. So I, I mean, they're not going to be a threat. I'm not going to tell the Titans, hey, it's okay that you lost that game to the Texans, especially in your own stadium, because Tyrod Taylor's a better quarterback than what they're usually dealing with. Yeah, it's a tougher game than their their record might indicate if Taylor's healthy, but you should beat them still. You, you, that team as a whole is not good. Uh, defensively, they're not good enough to hold you to 13 points, even if Henry's not in. We, we were saying, Tom, on our show on The Standard prior to Week 11 t- uh, getting underway that the Titans still had the Texans twice and the Jaguars once. And if you're the Titans... And if you were sitting at eight and two coming into this week, you had to win all three of those games if you wanted a legitimate chance of winning the number one overall seed. I think it's more important for the, it's important for everybody, but it's more important for these Titans to get that one seed in the bye because of the fact that Henry needs that extra week in the playoffs to get healthy. If you're playing in the wild card round, you're not going to have him. No, you're not, and you're you're susceptible to lose that game no matter. If you're the home team or not, just because I think the wild card teams are so evenly matched, I, I don't, I don't know. From one to seven right now, anybody can beat anybody in the AFC. Exactly. So if you're able to not put yourself through the stress of possibly not even making it to the second round, you have to lock in that number one seed because that way you know you can get. You, there's a chance of getting Derrick Henry back, and there is no playoff game without him for sure. Right, the wild card game you're not going to have him. I, I think wild card game for sure he's out. I think good chance he'd be back for that divisional round. Who knows how effective he'd be? I mean, that's a tough surgery. I don't to know. A hobble Derrick Henry is still still pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And and it's important to remember that it's a surgically repaired thing. So it's not like he'd be working through like the pain of his bones still trying to heal. It's working it's back, just rehabbing the strength that's getting is, back into yes. game shape. Exactly. Uh I, I do agree with you that, that Titans loss. Most shocking loss on the schedule all week long. Uh, maybe maybe the most shocking loss. The fact that sure. the Colts beat the Bills by that much, though. That's shocking, I'm, too. I'm, I'm more shocked by the Colts' win. Don't call it a Bills loss. Call it a Bills uh, a Colts win. If the Colts win that game by a field goal, it's like, well, maybe the Colts are better. But the fact that they just dominated from start to Molly finish. Lob. Jonathan Taylor firmly Jeez. throwing his hat into the MVP race now. I wouldn't. I don't know about MVP. Oh, I do. It See, took, I think, I think, I think the only running back that stood a chance of winning that was Derrick Henry. Nah, the quarterbacks maybe, aren't maybe offensive rookie of the year, but the quarterbacks aren't rookie. closing things out. Like, there, no quarterback has really taken the rein and been like, "Yeah, I'm MVP. I'm going to run away with this." Like, every time we crown a front runner, Lamar Jackson loses to the Dolphins. Tom Brady loses to the Washington Football Team. Throws a couple picks. Like, no one wants this award right now. Just no like one. no team really no wants team to have the one seeds in yeah. either side of the conference. No one wants to have this MVP award. Taylor is the first running back to go over the century mark or the uh, he thousand the yard second mark because Derrick Henry was within what thirty yards of him. He's it? still the second leading rusher in the league. It took like four weeks for Taylor to even catch up to Derrick Henry. As in far eight as eight games, yards. he ran for nine hundred and thirty-seven yards. Yeah, it was. He, so he was going to have a two thousand yard season. Yeah, if he stayed healthy for the second year in a row. Um, AFC North action. Uh, a couple of AFC North rivals for the Steelers were playing some Big Ten football this weekend. 
The Ravens beat the Bears 16-13. to The Ravens continue to have a horseshoe shoved up their butt and win these games at the last minute in the most lucky ways possible. Especially without even Lamar Jackson on the field. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good in the NFL, though, and the Ravens certainly have their fair share of luck this year. You know what? Maybe they do deserve it karma-wise because of all the injuries they had preseason. It, terrible luck before the season started. Maybe luck's starting to go in the other direction for them as the season rolls along. Lions at Browns. The Lions, of course, tied your Pittsburgh Steelers last week. They put up a good fight Kept it close. against the Browns. Um, I think that it was more to do with Baker Mayfield playing like crap mm-hmm. and the Browns not playing that great. Well, on how about Nick Chubb not having that big day that we expected him to have? That's funny you say that because every time I looked up at the TV, Nick Chubb was ripping off a big run. Every single time. He had 22 carries for 130 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. That's a hell of a game for him. He didn't get into the end zone once, though, and they weren't able to use that success on the ground to translate to mm-hmm. as many big passing plays as they wanted to. Baker hit some home runs, but he missed on a lot. Overthrows, one of his interceptions was abysmal. It looked like one of the worst passes I've ever seen. I mean, just a terrible overthrow. Dude, Jarvis don't... Landry was sitting right in the zone, wide open, and he just sails it right into Aruare's uh, hands for the Lions. He's not a good quarterback. Have we not? He's going to keep this team back. Have we not sat here every week of the season and and said to ourselves, Baker Mayfield just threw the worst interception I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And then we come back the next week and say he did it again, and it was even worse. And the fact that he's trying to play through these injuries, I get it's commendable, and that's the type of grit you want from a starting quarterback. But it turns into him hurting the team more than helping the team when he's too he's too injured right now. Like it's almost better served if the Browns were to shut him down for a couple weeks and try to bring him back later in the season at better health. Try to get by with Case Keenum for these games. You you think you can beat the Lions with Case Keenum? I don't think Case Keenum could have done much worse than what Baker Mayfield did in this game. So I do think you go out there and you win that game against the Lions. Give Baker a chance to rest. You're supposed to protect these players from themselves. That's why you're a coach. Yeah, Baker has the heart of a champion. He has gutted his way through big performances ever since his days at Oklahoma. Sometimes it's better for you to take the helmet away from him, though, and say, we love how your fire is. I know you're playing for a contract and that you you want to desperately go out and be the guy that wins. You're hurting us more than helping right now. Sit down for a couple weeks. We got our bye week coming up. Let's get healthy. And let's see what we can do after that. Now I feel like they're going to just keep trying to push Baker. He's going to play Sunday night against the Ravens, injured. And we'll see how that that goes in a, in a massive AFC North battle between the Ravens and Browns Sunday night this week. And then opposite that, you'll have another AFC North rival game between the, Starting the Bengals at 1 o'clock, and, yeah. between the Bengals and the Ravens. Steelers. Sorry, the Bengals and the Steelers. And just, speaking of the Bungles, taking they, care of business this week against the Raiders coming off of their bye. They did, but still, I want to talk... I, I just mentioned that game that the the Steelers are playing the Bengals because if the if the Bears sorry wow I am just all over the place if the Browns lose to the Ravens and whatever happens between Bengals Steelers the Browns are still going to be sitting in last place correct and this is the team that everyone picked to win the division me included I think me included I think most people I I, should, I shouldn't say everyone they were the favorite the beginning of the year I definitely said Browns. As you've known lately, I've kind of flipped towards I think the Ravens are going to take the North. But on paper at the beginning of the year, especially when the Ravens had all their injuries come out, it looked like Browns for sure. 
And we didn't we didn't think the Bengals were going to be this good this fast. And I got to be honest with you, part of me doesn't know if we ever really thought the Steelers would be as competitive as they've been. Yeah, but the way it's unfolded now it makes sense why they're so competitive because everybody except for a couple of teams aren't competitive. And, and just for their season alone the way that they started one and three went on a four game win rallied trip, then, then tied the lions and then let the chargers put up 41 points granted you were without three of your defensive starters one of which was tj watt defensive player of the year uh candidate it it's it, 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 yes they're sitting at five four and one but if you were to tell me they were sitting at 5-4-1 going into the season, I said, wow, I mean, not horrible. Not horrible at all. You know, the way, not- the way it unfolded, the way the tie came against the Lions. Yeah. And you, and you couldn't take care of business. If, if, if they just, again, I'm hearkening back to the Adam Crowley comment he made to us last night. And then he posted on Twitter. If they just take care of business against the Lions and you're sitting here at 6-4, and four, I am overjoyed by the production I would see out of this team. Over over the moon, this team has a fighting chance to make the playoffs, especially if they're sitting at 6-4, and four, going into Thanksgiving weekend, and you have the Bengals' division rival. You already lost to them. Do you think ben, Ben's last game against the Bengals, he wants it to be a loss? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he wants to go into both those Ohio stadiums and get a win under his belt for his last appearance there. Already did that. For the Browns, now he's just got to do that for the Bengals coming up next week. Uh, America's Game of the Week was Chiefs-Cowboys, and as America's Game of the Week so often does, it very much so disappointed. There was about three other games of the week, including the Steelers and Chargers, that were much better. Uh, But the Chiefs beat the Cowboys 19-9, and not a great performance from the Chiefs offensively. But Jacob, this is what the Chiefs' defense has surrendered in their past five games. Nine points to the Cowboys, 14 points to the Raiders, seven points to the Packers, 17 points to the Giants. They did give up 27 to the Titans when they lost that game, but just one week prior to that, 13 points allowed to the Washington football team. I think the Chiefs' offense is slowly but surely starting to figure some things out, especially when they play a lesser defense. I think they can really light it up still. The Chiefs' defense is starting to come up to speed, though. They're starting to turn the ball over. They're starting to sack the quarterback. They're starting to keep teams out of the end zone. That was what was the biggest problem with them at the beginning of the year. They'd have to win games like 40 to 42 or some crazy shootout Big 12 style. Now that the defense is starting to come around a little bit, as we sit here right now, they're seven and four. They're in fourth place. They're winning the AFC West. I think they're my favorite in the AFC right now. And I think they're going to be the team that ends up as the one seed when it's all said and done. And it's going to be hilarious because we all were wringing our necks and going, what is going on with the Chiefs? Are they ever going to – is Mahomes done? Is he over the hill? Is short lifespan for Mahomes in the NFL? And then the, the dust settles and they're the number one seed in the NFL, and maybe Mahomes has an MVP uh, award on his mantle, a, a second one. It's just hilarious how the NFL season all unwinds and goes. I, I've mentioned before how the Aaron Rodgers narrative of the Packers will stumble out the gates. They lost to the Saints – 35 to 3 in week 1, right? And I said I I said on our show, I'm not worried at all about the Green Bay Packers. They're going to lose a couple more games down the road, but they're going to finish I think with what 12 wins, 13 wins on the year. Right now I I know they just lost uh to the to the Vikings, but I still think the Packers are the favorite to win that division, right? They're 8-3. I don't see them losing more than 3 games down the stretch to finish at least 11 and 6. Don't think the Vikings go into Lambeau and sweep the no. season. No, no, no. That no, never no, really no, happens. No, 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 no. 
no, 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 no. But we had seen before the Packers be the team to stumble out the gate early on every year. They'll, they'll start one and two or two and two or two and three or three and two. And it's like, what are the Packers doing? Don't they know they have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? How could they? Oh, oh, they started three and two. Oh, they finished 13 and three. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, they started two and two. Oh, they, oh, they finished 12 and four. Oh, that makes sense. We had never seen Patrick Mahomes do this before. So I think that's why the reactions were a lot more dramatic. Had to see him dig out of the hole first because he's never done it before. And now here we are. They're in fully first dug place out of the, the hole division. because they're in first place. They're in, they're seven and four. I expect them as I as you said to win the AFC West and to win the AFC. And given how we just mentioned earlier, no one seems to want to win the NFL MVP this year. Just like no one wants to take the number one overall seed in their respective conference. I think it could easily be by the year by the year's end. It's as if nothing actually strange happened throughout the year. It's Chiefs got number one. Pat Mahomes is your NFL MVP. Chiefs are at home the next two weeks against the Broncos and the Raiders, so that should be two wins for them there. Then they go to the Chargers to face off against L.A. Thursday night football, December 16th. That'll be a really fun game to watch. Both of those teams probably for the AFC West when they meet there. Finally, one game I wanted to touch on before we wrap up this segment was the Vikings and Packers game that you mentioned briefly. Um, that was so much fun to watch in the one o'clock window. Jeez. Just Rodgers and Cousins dueling back and forth. Cousins almost threw the interception that he mm. always throws that would have ended in the Packers probably getting a field goal and winning the game. Although the way Mason Crosby's been kicking, who the hell knows if he would have actually made it. Great point. But it was not a catch. The Vikings luck actually went in the Vikings favor for a change. And they were actually able to make a game-winning field goal, which, again, is never a guarantee when you're playing in that Minnesota Viking purple. Big win for Kirk Cousins. And like I said earlier in this uh, show today, one of his best seasons as an NFL quarterback. And that team is 5-5. Five and five. I think that team is – you can say this about a lot of teams, but I think it's mostly true about the Vikings. That team is way better than their record says it is. They have lost so many close games. Should have beaten the Cardinals earlier in the year. Lost on a field goal there. Could have beaten the Bengals in week one. Should have beaten the Bengals in week one. Kept the Browns only game. 14 points. They really had a lot of games in their grasp. and Should have beat the Ravens a couple of weeks ago. They're, bad at, they're bad at finishing, and this wasn't any exception to that rule because they were up by two scores on the Packers in this game, and they came all the way back and were losing at one point. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins had to pull a comeback of his own. So are they too up and down coaching-wise and inconsistent to really make a run at this thing? Yes. I don't think they can be a true contender. But they could be a six or a seven seed in the NFC. They're a six seed right yeah, now I mean, as it stands. I, I look at the teams that are around. The Vikings, the Saints, and the Niners are all five and five. The Eagles and the Panthers are five and six. I put the Vikings in front of all of those teams. Maybe the Niners the only team that creeps up into that category with them. But the Saints without Winston, I think, are going to start to fall off a cliff a little bit here. So I see Vikings and Niners as the two favorites in that wild card. Eagles... They have a really soft schedule, and I like a lot what Hurts is doing, but five and six might just be too deep of a hole. I know it's only a half a game back of the Vikings, but I don't know. Six losses is a lot. I say it's an easy schedule, and they should win a lot of those games, but if the NFL in 2021 has taught you anything, there ain't no such thing as an easy game. So the way that no one wants to really take that number one seed, it's not the same for the number seven seed or number six seed. It's just that I don't know of the field that's down there who's going to take it. It's not that no one wants it because it's kind of odd how the top teams are all 
saying, no, no, you take it. Playing hot potato with that number one seed. The Packers and Cardinals in the NFC have, have swapped the one seed since they played. Since the Packers took it over when they played, each week after has been back and mm. forth. So it's just everyone wants that number seven or six seed. They're all playing equally well. It's just they're playing at that tier below that number one overall seed. We're going to keep kicking around some NFL discussion when we come back. I, I do want to jump into the MVP race because I think sure. it's, it's so interesting Let's as we it. head towards the stretch run of the season. Jacob Breck, Tom Opperman in the locker room for Wolf and Starks today right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. No Wolf, no Starks. Instead, Offerman and Recht. Tom Offerman, Jacob Recht with you here in the locker room. Steelers fall to the Chargers on Sunday Night Football in really tough fashion after a great comeback effort. 17 unanswered points, but... They could not hold the Chargers out of the end zone, and they end up falling to them. We'll continue to talk about that game and where the Steelers go from here when we wrap things up. But first, I wanted to get into a little MVP talk because I think just as crazy as the division standings, the conference standings are, and the playoff race is, we've got a crazy MVP race on our hands, too. Like we said uh, in the prior segment, no one really wants to go out and grab this thing. It just... Every time we seem to have a favorite after it's one, potato, it's, it's Tom. Just, Lamar Jackson. Here, hey, got a big Thursday night game against the Dolphins. How about 150 yards on the ground, 250 yards through the air, and four total touchdowns, Lamar, huh? Let's put a real nice bow on this MVP race. But, nope, he loses that game to the Stinker. Dolphins. And now he's hurt, so he's even more so falling back. Well, he's not hurt. He, he kind of – it was a virus, right? A like virus. it was a, But not COVID. But it was a different virus working its way through Baltimore. So he was out of the game so it's just like you said it's hot potato with these guys and i got the i got the betting favorites in front of me right here who do you think is odds on favorite right now to win right now yeah if i had to look at it you're not looking no i'm just looking at teams i'm looking at teams if i had to guess i i would i would say it's either aaron Rodgers or pat mahomes you're wrong on both of them wow tom brady's the favorite right Mm. now plus 350 so that means if See, you I don't were... like that because both the t- both uh the the Chiefs and the Packers have a better record than the than the Buccaneers. But these Tom Brady, come on. You know that that's what the the voting the voters it. are going to do. They yeah, want they it want so it bad. Too. So plus 350 for Brady right now that means if you bet $100 on him and he wins it right now, you'd get $350 on the return. Number 2 at plus 600 and this is the only guy that's not in the thousands as far as plus money is concerned other than Brady. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills is plus 600. Um, this could obviously all change after the week com- comes final this week, but this is what I'm looking at right now. Rogers, Stafford, and Prescott are all tied in that group at three at plus 1,000. Here's the money plays, though. Okay. Here's where you make money, guys, if you're listening to me out there. Patrick Mahomes is plus 1,200. $100 wins you $1,200. I would lay money on Patrick Mahomes Jonathan Taylor is plus 2,000 right now. I'd lay a little cheese on that. And somehow Lamar Jackson, I think because of this disease and the game against the Dolphins, is plus 1,400. So I'd spread a little money on those three because it's a great odds, and I think those three have a really good shot, especially Patrick Mahomes, of winning this award. If you're a betting man, go for it. Right? I am not. I don't really know how I could allocate my money effectively that way, but you know what you're doing over there. 
So it wouldn't shock me if you made some money this I year. I just off like of, those off, odds. Of, off, off the bet. I'm not saying those three are going to be one of the the one one of that group is going to emerge as the winner. I just think that's a lot of value for a player like Patrick Mahomes. Like that's a lot of potential play, payout for betting on a guy of that caliber. Forget the betting odds right now. Throw all that garbage aside. Who would you give it to at this very moment if you had your choice? Like, who would you present that MVP award to at if this If he was moment? still healthy, it'd be Derrick Henry, but we know that's not That's not thing. the case, Jacob. Quit cheating. I think I'd give it to Rodgers. I think I'd give it to Rodgers. I think I'd give it to Rodgers again. Back-to-back seasons. I don't uh, care that he just lost to Minnesota. He, he, he wasn't his fault. He's gonna. It wasn't his fault. He's gonna lose to a division team once every couple. It's a rival. Years. Yeah. And you're in their house. And the, what I say last week on the standard with the Niners, back against the wall game. Back against the wall game for, for the Minnesota. Vikings. They had to win that game. I mean, they're gonna face a couple more back up against the wall games down the stretch of the season. No question. The Vikings will. But if there's a team right now I have the most faith in, it's the Green Bay Packers. I agree. Well, here's a question. On our show, you've mentioned. This is Aaron Rodgers' best year to make a Super Bowl run because of the defense he's playing with. Defense let him down this past week. They really did. Yeah. Does, Although, that, does that concern you at all? No, because I think the Vikings have the best offense in football. Maybe wow. not points per game-wise and production-wise it might not be there, but on paper, show me an offense with as many playmakers with a quarterback playing at the level of Kirk Cousins. You can't, right? I mean, those two wide receivers wow. are freakishly good. And Dalvin Cook is starting to figure things out again. Yeah, I think he only had like 30 yards on the ground this past week, though. They weren't doing it on the ground this past week. No, they weren't. Jefferson I, is a stud, bona fide. Jefferson's a, a, a freak. LSU had Jefferson. Well, he, had, he had 86 yards, okay. LSU had Jefferson and Chase on the field at the same time, and Burrow was the one throwing them the football. That's an absurd football team. I mean, don't had. you remember he threw for what, did he throw for 70 touchdown passes that year? I don't know. He threw for, what was it, eight, seven or eight in the playoff game against Oklahoma. Right. And then there was Randy Moss's son, too, playing tight. Like, that team was just disturbingly loaded. But Jefferson's a stud. Thielen is top 10 in my mind as mm-hmm. well. They got two top 10 receivers in Minnesota. And they got a top 10 running back. Yeah, and, and Kirk Cousins is playing like a top 10 quarterback this year. So. Right now, do you know how many interceptions he has? Three. Two! There's a, Wow! Wow, I didn't give him enough credit. He's two picks on the year, and it's what, like 24 touchdowns to go with that? 21 touchdowns. <laughs> Kirk's having himself a year, man. Very just, efficient. Just under 3,000 yards, but honestly, I'd take under 3,000 yards if it meant two interceptions no, on the year. that's protecting the football. It's, that's the Aaron Rodgers school of playing quarterback right there that Kirk Cousins He's completing nearly to. 70% of his passes. His QBR is only at a 78 but, but to answer your question— oh, I'm sorry, that, that, was, that was just yesterday. To answer your question, I do think that the Packers' defense is still really good. I think that in today's NFL, there's no such thing as a Chicago Bears from 85 or 70 Steelers defense where you, you go eight weeks in a row of giving up like 0, 3, 6, 0, 7, 10. Like, that's not going to happen. You're going to get lit up every once in a while. And it's not like a team that's just pedestrian on offense did the lighting of them up, you know? Like, they, they got lit up by an offense that on paper should be able to light up any defense in the NFL. So, not super concerned about the defense. Kind of encouraged, too, to see that they can still do it the old school way, where Rodgers can just throw up 31 points and be almost perfect. And I know they lost the game, but that game could have gone either way. I mean, it's that 
interception being ruled an interception close to being a Packers win. The one thing I, I've seen from the Packers that is kind of shocking to me, Aaron Jones having a very quiet year this year. Well, you know what they're doing? They're just getting A.J. Dillon. They're the phasing Dillon more into that starter role, which is hilarious to me because they just spent a lot of money on Aaron Jones in the offseason. And I think what happened there was you saw a lot of pressure from Rodgers. You don't sign the players that I need. Like, you don't invest in the playmakers that I will make this team better and, and help my job get easier. So they had to almost pay Aaron Jones. But I think that was the wrong move, man. I really think – I like – you I need to have two. I think you were two. better off not signing him. You need just, to have two. So mm -hmm. it's good to have Jones and Dillon. But as far as, like, the future of the team is concerned – You can just go with Dillon. You don't need Jones. And Dillon's going to be cheaper for the next couple of years because he's going to be working on that rookie deal. So – I think that was a little bit of front office malpractice there in a weird way because Dylan's ready to be the guy. I don't know if it was malpractice because you still signed a good player. Like not only that, but you kept your quarterback happy, which was the main theme this which was which was the biggest story of the offseason was is Keep Aaron Rodgers yeah. going to be happy enough to play for Green Bay this year? Yeah. And that was a move that they went out and made for him and I think that 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 wasn't the deciding factor, but that definitely calm the storms a little bit to keep him there definitely and again though i think that aj Dillon is a stud and you want to talk about thighs my god you've you've mentioned that to me before he's a mac truck man he's huge he's saquon-esque i think he's gonna have a really bright future in the nfl easily especially if the the packers just move on fully from aaron jones and it's just the aj Dillon show Granted, I don't know if the A.J. Dillon show will happen in the same era as the end of Aaron Packer, Aaron Rodgers' time spent with the Packers. If Aaron Rodgers isn't there, that really makes things harder for A.J. Dillon. But still, he's definitely a really good running back this year. A couple of odds in the awards categories, too, before we wrap this segment up. Uh, Najee Harris, the third betting favorite at plus 1,200 for Rookie of the Year. Um, Jamar Chase is in second place. At minus money, meaning you'd have to risk some juice. Mm -hmm. Who do you think? For offensive rookie of the year? Just rookie of the year in general. Oh, is it Micah Parsons? No. Is it Trayvon Diggs? No. For rookie of the year? He plays quarterback. Is it Mac Jones? Oh, yeah. Oh. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Especially sense. if he carries them to the play. If he wins the division, I mean, he's a slam dunk rookie of the year. But Mac Jones is the betting favorite there. Defensive you, think, you think if he wins the East over Josh Allen – is slam dunk rookie of the year yeah. yeah for sure and quarterbacks have an unfair bias towards them anyway so if he wins football games it's it's quarterbacks and then quarterbacks who play in fox for the patriots yes uh and then defensive player of the year tj watts the third betting favorite him and aaron donald are both plus 750 uh Diggs is in front of him in second place and the favorite at plus 200 is miles garrett it has seemed to me like they decided Miles Garrett was going to be the defensive player of the year eight weeks ago, and they're just going to roll with it no matter what happens mm -hmm. because I don't understand why he's that much of a favorite. He's plus 400 better than Diggs. Diggs is an interception in almost every single game this year. Like, I don't understand why it seems that it's heading towards this he's a runaway favorite for Depoy because Watts missed three games compared to, to Garrett, and with the bye and the two games that Watts missed with injury – Two plus games. At this he's point. still only like a half a sack or two sacks behind. Half him. a sack. I don't. Miles get... Garrett has thirteen. T.J. Watt has twelve and a half. It just feels to me like they decided a while ago. Garrett's Miles Garrett has played eleven games. T.J. has played eight plus because he's missed halves. He missed the half against the Raiders. He missed the half last week. 
I'm not or, like, or was it two weeks ago? Everybody's gonna think Brown, Browns fans listening to this are gonna be like, oh, another salty Steelers fans are just mad because Garrett's great. No, Garrett is great. He really might be the best defensive player in in football right now. I don't think that it's as runaway as the odds are telling me it is right now. I think Diggs and him are neck and neck, and I think Watt, if he would have been healthy all year, would have been right there with both of them. But even though that he's not healthy, he is he's there. still right he there. He is there. But I'm just saying, I'd Three put him. Games, I'd put his odds a little bit behind sure. him because of the missed time. But the fact that Diggs is like plus 400 behind Garrett is absurd. Those two are neck and neck for me right now. TJ Watt and three plus less games because it, it, it's technically three less games. But when you include the halves, it's more. More solo tackles, more total tackles, one half less sack. More yards lost on those tackles. Per sack. One less tackle for loss. More passes defended. Three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries to Garrett's zero and zero for those categories. What are we doing here? I mean, what what's is the name of the game to force turnovers and sack the quarterback? Because it sounds like Garrett's only doing one half of that equation, sacking the quarterback. He's not getting the turnovers. That's what do you mean? I just listed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories. He leads in one. I know it's absurd. I'm telling you. You that's know, not half. That's one seven. We're on the same size. Yeah, I know. Man. I know, it's, but it's ridiculous. Why that, is it this decision that has been made that he's know. the runaway defensive player of the year, and it's like there's nothing anybody can do to to catch him because, man, he just looks so physically imposing out there. You know what? He's a great player, and if he wins the depoy, he'll probably deserve it. But still, it should be a lot closer. At will he deserve eyes. it, Tom? You know what? No, he won't deserve it. I don't think he will either. He's a bastard, and it should go to T.J. Watt. It'll I don't be the think third straight year. It I don't think he deserves it. He'll be more deserving of it than Stefan Gilmore was from a couple of years ago. But here's the thing, Jacob. Diggs right now is more deserving of it than Gilmore was that year. Oh, absolutely. So if you gave it to Gilmore, how do you not have that track record uh, established and give it to Diggs? Here's a question. If Trayvon Diggs is playing in Minnesota, Jacksonville, Miami. Jacksonville, Miami, for sure he's not getting this. He's not getting any attention whatsoever. No, not at all. Minnesota, maybe, because they're kind of floating around. But having that star on the side of your helmet. Absolutely. That's big time. When we come back, we're going to get back into Steelers things. Jacob has been dying to talk about the rush offense, so we'll wrap up there. And I've been dying to talk about her, or I'm going to die talking about it. Find out after the break. We'll also take a quick peek ahead at the Bengals to wrap things up. No Wolf for Starks, but you got Tom Opperman. You got Jacob Recht with you in the locker room right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Tom Offerman and Jacob Recht closing down the locker room here on a Monday after the Steelers fell to the Chargers. Before we get out of here, though, Najee Harris, 12 carries, 39 yards on the ground, 3.3 yards per carry. Did have that touchdown long run of 12 on the day for him. 12 carries is just not enough for your guy. I know you were down at 14 a couple you're down 14 to 3 at one point, you were down 34 to 20 at one point in this game. You're down 27 to 10. But the identity that this team developed over that four-game winning streak was a run-first offense. That's how they really fueled themselves to that four-game winning streak. They've abandoned it in the past 2 weeks and it's resulted in an 0-1 and 1 record. I mean, it's very easy to see what gives this team the best chance to win games, even if you are down in those football games. And it's number 22. And 
just not enough. Just not enough of number 22. And if you want to tell me, well, the Chargers were doing a hell of a job stopping the run. First of all, that's BS. They're the worst run defense in the NFL. So if they're doing a great job stopping it here and there, just keep on plugging away. I guarantee you they're going to have a missed gap and they're going to make a bad play or miss a tackle eventually, and you're going to get a big one on the ground against them. But number two, that's fine. You can't get them going on the ground. How about get them going through the air? Six targets, five of them caught for 20 yards. Was barely throwing him the ball either. Like, don't just dump it out of the backfield. Have him go out and run around. Mm -hmm. Get the ball in his hands. And they've just not been doing that effectively the past couple of weeks. Tom, it's a direct correlation. When you get Najee Harris the ball, you win the game. When you don't, you tie against the Lions and you lose against the Chargers. It's a direct correlation. There is no ifs, and or buts about it. He is your best offensive player. I don't care about position. I don't care about youth. And, and if he's not fully proven yet, I think he is your best offensive player. And when you completely neglect his capabilities, you're putting yourself, you're starting behind the line already, right? So why is it that the Steelers can't recognize during that four-game winning streak they won those games because they were giving Najee Harris the ball. They tied the Lions because they let Mason Rudolph throw the ball 50 times, and they lost to the Chargers because they only gave Najee Harris the ball on the ground 12 times. 12 times. You put up 37 points, and you can't find one more time to get in the ball on the ground? And I'm sorry. The whole excuse. I'm not sorry. The whole excuse of oh, the Chargers played really well against the run, and they didn't weren't able to get anything going on the ground. The Steelers' line was getting blown up. That is such crap. Like if if that's true, and it might be, you're in a lot of trouble at week 11 if the line's not getting at all better, where they can go out and manhandle the worst rushing defense in the league. Who, by the way was missing two of its regulars on the defensive line for this game. I know they were able to get their big guy back in Joey Bosa, but you were still missing Tillery and another man. I, the name is escaping me, but there's two major contributors. Tillery has the most snaps of anybody on that interior defensive line, and you still weren't able to get anything going on the ground. I'm sorry. That's not good enough from this offensive line. And we give the offensive line a lot of leeway because they're trying to, you know, develop into this unit that is playing together for mm -hmm. the first time. But when you go up against a team that gives up a buck 50 on the ground on average and you can't get any push off of their backup interior lineman and a Joey Bosa who was unable to practice all week because of COVID protocol, that is awful. Awful. There's no other word you can use to describe it. It is an awful performance from them. They got to be able to blow a team like that off the line and give Najee some room to operate. But Guess on top what? of that, they can, Tom. They just chose not. I to. I don't know if they can though, because you don't think so. The times when they were do when they did try to run the ball, it wasn't happening. And the jet sweeps, the blocking on those have gone to hell in a handbasket faster than I've ever seen. It used to be it used to be in 2020 we were saying where are the jet sweeps? Where's the pre-snap motion? Now when I see it I'm thinking, okay, 2-yard loss. Dude, the tackle One -yard or game. the tight end on the side that the ball's being run towards is 10 yards in the backfield almost every single time. They're getting blown away right now. There's just no push from up front, but to your point, even if you weren't pushing it and you weren't getting it on the ground, just keep running your head against that wall right. because eventually it's going to break, break open. Yes. It's the same way that Derrick Henry, yeah, he's going to he's gonna hit you for three or four yards and maybe you're feeling good about yourself, 
But the Titans are going to say, oh, well, he's not going out for eight and nine. Guess what? Derrick Henry could run the ball 25 times and finish the day with 140 yards and 90 of them come on one play. And guess what? No one's going to be sitting here saying, well, Derrick Henry had a really bad day. No. You just keep pushing. They're going to break eventually. It's, it, 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 there, there is no indication that they weren't going to. They, they averaged 30 more yards on the ground than the second highest team behind them. There's there's no way that you should say, well, we couldn't get it going here, and we fell into a hole kind of early, 14-3, to so we just had to throw the ball. We had to. Looking ahead for the Steelers, they're in the AFC North kitchen for the next couple weeks. The Bengals on the road, and then they welcome the Ravens to Heinz Field the following week. Uh, that line is out for the Cincinnati game. The Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Makes sense, sure. I, I would say. They already beat the Steelers. Steelers have done nothing defensively or offensively to give you hope. Still a lot of injuries that I'm sure they're looking at. Is is Watt going to be back? I think he might be. Is Hayden going to be back? Will Mink a clear protocol? You know, those things are still up in the air for the Steelers, whereas the Bengals, coming off of their bye week, got through that Raiders game relatively healthy and look like they'll have all of their big guns ready to go in that game. I think one of the more winnable games in this stretch run for the Steelers is this game at Cincinnati on Monday or on Sunday. I, I think that's one that I look at and say I could definitely see the Steelers taking one here. So I feel like we've done this multiple times already this year, and honestly, it's worked out in the Steelers' favor when we've played this card, but almost a must win for the Steelers. If they want to keep pace in not just the division but the wild card round as well, First of all, you can't lose to the Bengals because they're a team competing with you for both of those things. And they would have the full two tiebreakers on, you. on yep. you. But also, that being said, you know, I, th- I think if they lose this game to the Bengals, obviously the, it sets the Bengals up and, and hurts you. But if you win and you go 6 4 and 1, I think that can really stabilize things a little bit, get some confidence going a little bit. And you could carry that momentum against your arch rival coming into Heinz Field, which you can beat them. We see that game go either way no matter who's the better team or who's the worst team it's, it's Steelers Ravens it's the ultimate throw the records out kind of game so get that momentum in the Bengals game leading into that one but if you lose this game to the Bengals it's going to get really dark on this you're sitting, season you're sitting under 500 if you do that technically you'd be five five and one but I think I think we're not going to get into the math debate you'd be you'd be below the line as far as wild card and north contention oh, is absolutely. for sure you, you would be You'd be tied with the Browns for last place at that point. Might be in last place if the Browns beat the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So, a lot I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Like, is no. he going to be available next week? That's a good point. I don't. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that Hundley can get the job done against the Browns. No. like he did this past week I mean, against the Bears. The Bears have just a mediocre overall team. They have the worst head coach in football. They right have now. the worst head coach in football right now. Try going up against Miles Garrett next week. Jared Hudley, good luck. Well, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks for spending some time in the locker room. I know you missed Max and uh, Craig Wolfley. But, but they, we appreciate you, yeah, we appreciate giving you us coming in anyway. Today. They'll be back tomorrow. Godfather Stan Saverin is up next, so make sure you keep it right here. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman. This has been In the Locker Room on ESPN Pittsburgh.